0: What's going on everyone? Welcome back to Scrubs to MD. My name is Danny
1: and I'm Zane. Today we're going to continue talking about the origins of being scrubbed.
0: Yeah so last week we kind of talked about uh, choosing a major and undergrad and all kinds of stuff and next we're going to kind of try and tackle the next big topic of what activities uh, we decided to pursue in undergrad and that we ended up pretty much listing on our AMCAS our application. So I think when you think activities as a pre-med, the first big thing that comes to mind is research, right, Zane?
1: Yeah, it's probably the one of the first things most people get into anyway. So yeah, research is a super big component, at least of my application and I'm sure of Danny's as well. Um, Danny, if you want to start off it's with kind of what you did and then go from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think I think first to start off is... How, how to find research. I mean, that's always kind of the most challenging part, at least for me. That was kind of very intimidating. It's always kind of an intimidating process. You're a little scared. You're usually, you, you want to start it pretty early on in college and you're in a new atmosphere, new location, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, you don't know anybody or know any of the professors. So, there comes that point where you have to reach out to a professor and that that's scary that that's that's kind of like i said <laughs> intimidating but uh zane and i were both kind of fortunate to be in uh, actual undergraduate research kind of student program where that helped match us up with professors we still had to to reach out to, to professors and you know kind of do those cold cold call emails right. but it, it I think what what was it? They had like a database with a bunch of different professors looking for for research um, mm-hmm. kind of assistance. That, that's another thing. Research assistance is usually the. The title you're going for—that's when you put it on the resume, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. application, uh, whatever that even means. But that—that's usually <laughs> what you say whenever you see say research assistant. That's that means basically that you under, undergrad scrub. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, so we there we had like a a database to to kind of look into and kind of look into projects. So that's kind of where where we both started and. Um, talking about my experience, I guess I I was looking actually to kind of do some research into Alzheimer's and um, but just because uh, family history of Alzheimer's, you know the the whole ordeal, whatever it is, uh, just a, a a genuine interest in it. So that's kind of what I did. I typed in the search bar Alzheimer's and um, just applied to a bunch of labs. And basically, what you what. I had to do, at least, I don't know about you, Zane, but is basically you kind of just make a cover letter in the form of an email. And a lot of it is kind of the same you, I I don't really remember, it was about four years ago, but you kind of just say hello and say, introduce yourself, say what you're studying and uh, some classes you took in the past that might be relevant and explain why you're interested in this specific lab. And um, that's kind of the general idea of, of the template that I used at least for a cover letter. And I actually have an interesting experience with this where I I did, I, I was fortunate enough to get a, a good amount of interviews with some labs. Um, yeah. I think I had like three or four interviews, and oh, wow. two of them actually accepted me. Um, and I mean that's great, right? That that's it, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> and, so exciting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was and this was also in my First semester of college. So you know it's a it's a good feeling when uh, you ego. (laughs)
1: Right,
0: exactly. So I got two acceptances, and then when I it it was weird about a week after I got the acceptances, I had accepted one. Um let, let me let me go back. Let me go back. So I had initially gotten two acceptances, and for some reason both labs actually backed out for some reason and I don't think it was, I don't really think it was anything on my, my part. It was just a weird situation where one, I remember one of the lab, it, it, it was really frustrating that they sent an acceptance and I was still waiting to hear back from, another lab so i said okay can i just get like a day or two to to kind of just think about this um yeah and i I was just up front with them and honest and then they got back to me like the next day and said oh no the position's been filled so that was yeah that that was that (laughs) that was pretty disappointing (laughs) and then the other one i like i said i got two the second one was i actually went into the lab to meet with them and then they just said oh it looks like the project's been canceled so yeah that was a that was a pretty low point I would say in my my first (laughs) semester of college I was like what am I doing wrong is there something wrong with me did it uh, did I do something and the another good thing about this program that we were talking about is we had kind of a a peer facilitator that was mine was like I think a senior and, you know, she had been through the whole process. So I went to her, I was like, what's going on? And she said, I've never seen this before. That that sucks. But, tough, um, yeah. So basically I just had to go back to the drawing board and go back to cold call emails again. <laughs> and, but i didn't
1: know that you you had to go back to cold emails yeah
0: no it it really it it sucks like i was i was (laughs) really bummed and i i it kind of made me question everything like do i even want (laughs) to do this anymore like i just drop out of this program like what what am i doing but um so i did that i did all those emails, and I got one response, and that was the lab that I ended up working in. And I, <laughs> I'm actually really glad the way things worked out. I I couldn't really picture myself at another lab. Um, just to give a general rundown of my lab, I, I know I've, I've been talking for a while now, but um, go for it. So good. The lab is it worked with mice. It was had to do with diabetes metabolism, um, kind of genetic engineering kind of thing and it was really interesting It kind of learned all of these different metabolism signaling cascades and got to do some some posters and everything um yeah it was really interesting i'm like i said i'm really glad uh although it sucked in the moment to kind of get those two acceptances rescinded but i i'm glad it worked out because i really yeah yeah and um so i, I talked for a while i think it's your turn zane why don't you all tell right. us the, um, whole, the whole story
1: Yeah, um, I can't say mine was as um, much of a roller coaster ride as yours. Mine was, as you said, Danny, there was a database. I um, kind of was interested in cancer biology at the time. Who really knows why? But um, (laughs) that's kind of the topic that I seem to be going for for some reason. Um, And I found a lab, uh, interviewed with the PI. She was really nice and got the position. um, Interviewed with so I, I had two interviews, one was with like a smaller lab, like she had just started up and everything, and then one was with a bigger lab that was like well established lots of publications coming out of it like very well known in the field. Um, but, you know, like I think I got acceptance from both of them. And I was like kind of thinking about it in my head like, would I rather go to like a smaller lab or a bigger lab but um, I think I well I ended up choosing the smaller lab but I really think that was a really good decision on my part because of the fact that the small lab, I got to do a lot more of like the thinking process, being able to, you know, conduct experiments or come up with my own experiments and like propose certain things that, you know, sometimes my PI was like, that's not a great idea. And sometimes it's like, oh, that's a good idea. You should go with that. And like that relationship I had with my PI was because of the fact that I was able to work in such a small lab. And I think... If I did go to that big lab sure maybe I got some extra publications out of it, but like I wouldn't have that same relationship that I have with my PI. Um, And like I think that's super important, so you know, as we always say, like the advice that we get out here is not necessarily something that you should definitely do, but. My personal recommendation is just to go with a person that you feel that can really you can connect with and develop a relationship with because I think that's really important in research, um, otherwise you're kind of just end up doing like a lot of the grunt work in the lab and that's not necessarily as fun as you know being part of the process and actually doing research and partaking in the scientific process Um, but yeah that was kind of like my story as to how I got into my research as I said before my my research was very cancer bio heavy so a lot of my work was more on the genetics and genomics um, of cancer and um, like determining the different genetic mechanisms that result in uh, certain types of cancers, and I got a couple publications, or one publication and some posters out of that too, um, which was nice, but yeah, it was a really great experience, and I think the relationship that I had with my PI really was what made the experience really worth it, and it's also probably one of the reasons why I want to do research, you know, as a physician in the future as well, um, so yeah, I think probably the like, main takeaway, if you got anything about, for from, from me, about that that experience, or from my experience at least, is just to get a good PI that really will help you grow as a
0: person. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good advice, yeah. Um, yeah. I, like we said, research is a big, uh, really big topic. And <laughs> I, I think I think we should still kind of dive a little bit deeper into this. So I think the number one question I see from, from pre-meds, um, I, at least I see all over Reddit is, do I have to do <laughs> research, right? And yes, like like we said before, this podcast is—we're not going to tell you what to do, what what not to do. There's there's other podcasts or those yeah. for that. You know, well, there's certain YouTubers that are bald and their last name <laughs> color. I think I so think you know who we're talking about. There. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I what is the stat? Isn't it like ninety five percent of pre-meds Yeah, it's like an something? insane amount of research. People do research, yeah. But-
1: I think it's just a fact that maybe this is just my personal opinion. It's just like the fact that you're going to medicine because you're an inquisitive person because you're interested in understanding the neck mechanisms behind things. So I feel like that's why a lot of people do end up going into research. Yeah. Um, just to see if that's for them, you know, it's not, and it's not for everybody, but um, it's definitely something that's like, kind of goes hand in hand with being a doctor is also being updated with the most recent research and things like that so it's definitely something you have to get used to although you may not necessarily do it in your future career
0: for sure yeah i i know one thing that i really learned from my research is just how to organize your time like efficiently oh yeah i mean that i mean that's huge and pretty much anything like uh and my my pi was really um I don't want to say strict because he was, he was super nice, but he really emphasized just organizing your time where even if you're just doing bench top work of like running a, a gel and pipetting um, you, you should organize it. So while the gel is running, you could pipette and then go take something down to the autoclave or something and just really maximizing your efficiency. And that's something that I always yeah. kind of keep with me, even when like I'm, I'm cooking, I'll always make sure like while something's <laughs> in the microwave, I'll be putting stuff away or something. Uh, it's something that's always just stuck with me. It's a really good skill to have. And,
1: but quick sidebar, I always thought like doing like PCR and all those different lab experiments are so similar to like cooking and
0: baking. It's like yeah. putting <laughs> ingredients
1: together, just like putting it at something and let it do its thing. Like they're so similar. But anyways.
0: Continue. Yeah. And I think another big question in, in regards to research is area of research we're both kind of on that what is it what, what would you say basic science side yeah um,
1: yeah I, I guess that's what what it's called
0: now. yeah yeah but there, there's actually a, a lot of different types of research that you could yeah. do there's like kind of psychology research there's some data science uh it doesn't it research i don't think necessarily equates to being in a lab um, yeah. at a benchtop or especially nowadays yeah yeah you could be sitting in an office uh, working on a computer whatever I mean saying you could you could talk about that right (laughs) yeah 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 yeah
1: um so yeah I mean I did basic science research as Danny said um in the lab I also actually did bioinformatics research and when the whole COVID thing happened um because of the fact that I was still with my PI at the time she she helped me move over to do some bioinformatics and I got involved in that even though she didn't really know bioinformatics. Like, there's a lot of like good information online, and it's not necessarily hard to do it if you have the data. So, um, that's always another avenue of research. And then there's also clinical research, which I think is another big sector of research that happens. So, clinical trials, um, you know, clinical studies and things like that. I currently, my current job right now is as a research assistant. Um, for a uh, for a clinical laboratory, um, and there are definitely two. I mean, I get. I'd say in, in clinical research, there's two main um, kind of things you're doing. One is you're going to be working with patients a lot. You're going to be helping them go through whatever part of the study you're doing. So you're going to phone call with them. Maybe you're going to see them in the, in the clinic and take their vitals or do something like that. But you know as a research assistant, you can only do so much because you're not a doctor, you're not a nurse. Um, Probably the coolest thing I've done is um, draw blood from participants, which has been pretty cool, actually. It's Um, a cool skill to have, yeah. Um, And then the other half of research is basically the data management side, the the less exciting part of research. Um, And sometimes it can be dull, but it's, I guess, I think of it as more of a rite of passage where, you know, everybody has to start from somewhere and somebody has to do the work. Um, So it's kind of a good experience to have just to also grow your respect for, you know, the work that other people do and things like that. So that's kind of the way clinical research works. It's, It's been pretty rewarding in that, like, I get to interact with a lot of patients and, you know, see, like, some of the basic science stuff directly be applied to patients, like, at this level, like, doing phase two and phase three clinical trials and things like that. Um, there definitely its pros and cons, but, um, it's also a really great way to get patient exposure and things like that, which we'll talk about more probably later. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah think, that's kind of my rundown,
0: but go ahead. Yeah. I, I think one kind of takeaway that, especially from my experience in finding a lab and everything is don't get discouraged. Um, I know there's There's the typical pre-med gunner, you know, going into (laughs) college. Let's talk about it. Pre-med gunner, going into college. Oh, I want to be a cardiothoracic pediatric surgeon, right? Neurosurgeon. neurosurgeon. Yeah, yeah. You got to cover (laughs) all the bases. And they're like, I want to do research under this top professor at the university who is doing minimally invasive cardiothoracic surgery or whatever in this specific area whatever whatever it is um, don't get discouraged if that doesn't work out like i said i was looking for an alzheimer's lab and it just wasn't meant to be and i found something else that was actually really interesting um, that i didn't know too much about and i'm really glad that happened because i expanded my knowledge if i had just worked in an alzheimer's lab i i I mean, I would have definitely learned, but I got to kind of see a different field. So just don't get discouraged. Um, mm-hmm. I think a big t- takeaway. And then um, I know, kind of circling back, we began the talk by saying we were fortunate enough to have this kind of student program that helped us find these projects. Right. Um, but some people aren't that lucky, whether they're going to a smaller school or for some reason they, I don't know, they didn't get into the program. I know the program at our school was really strange that if you did research in like high school they what, they wouldn't really accept you into the program yep, was, yep, I mean, yep. yeah i
1: was one of those kids and then um, i somehow squeezed my way in so yeah
0: <laughs> so whatever it may be what to do then i feel like a lot of it is still the same you're still going to be writing those cold call emails the thing is you're probably just going to have to do more kind of quote-unquote literally research on your own looking for professors and finding more areas but I think that's that's I it's more difficult and I I'm I'm gonna be honest I I would kind of be annoyed doing it I was really really (laughs) lucky to just have just have a whole database with a quick summary instead of going on on websites but once you get past that find the contact information I think you're still kind of on the same same page would you say
1: yeah I'd say I think maybe just like again what our what we say and what our advice is isn't necessarily something you should take in if yeah. you know you don't think so but personally what I what I've done when I applied for other research positions is when you see a professor you like you kind of dive deep into their research maybe read a paper or two and kind of reference some of the cool things they're doing like mm-hmm. in their rec- recent research and then kind of write about it in your cover letter kind of it makes that like you know, it creates that connection between you and the research, uh, and that way, it's more likely that you know maybe maybe you don't get that research position, but like you might have an interesting conversation with that PI about that work, and at least you get something out of that. and Maybe that PI knows like a different PI yeah. that can get you a position. So, just make sure to like like Danny was saying, do your research on the PIs and the the different uh, labs that you want to get into. Um, before, sure. before, as you're, you know, Colby, Neil, and these professors, just like a small tidbit.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think one last kind of subtopic I want to talk about under research is publications. Now, Zane, you said you you were, um, I don't want to say fortunate enough because you definitely worked hard there, but you were able to secure <laughs> the 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 coveted publication. Um, <laughs> That uh, that's another big question on pre med forums, Reddit, STM, whatever. Oh, do I need to be published to get into X school or whatever? Um, we don't know. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't... I, I'm
1: not gonna lie. Yeah, I, I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, I, so I see probably for certain schools, like you know, the schools that really really want research. Like I can only think of Stanford as being like the big school that I think of that really wants like that publication. Yeah feel I, I so, like know. that's just what i read online and like, kind of what i've seen
0: but yeah there's there's lots of theories i mean i i never was able to get my name on a, a published paper we we tried actually i had my <laughs> name on a paper we submitted it, it got denied uh that's a, that's another story that's in itself true. but yeah. um it is what it is i mean you can only just just do the best you can like <laughs> yeah. if it just doesn't work out it's um as long as you're, st- you're still learning you're still doing yeah, stuff yeah yeah um,
1: exactly it's it's all at the end of the day it's all about just like what you kind of gained from the experience and like Danny said for him it was like about being able to be more organized and things like that for me I think it was also organization and just like being able to think of science in a more like systematic manner and like really like I, I developed my like my own curiosity for how like the human body works and things like that through it as well um, so yeah just trying to get those things out of research instead of like focusing and gunning for that yes. coveted publication because <laughs> that will come like if you do everything else you're supposed to do and if you really like enjoy what you're doing because yeah. otherwise you're kind of just like slaving away for something like like that at the end of the day doesn't necessarily matter so
0: yeah i mean and you could always get pubs in, in med school too you could do research in med oh, school yeah. it, yeah, it yeah. really never ends you could do as much as you want it's uh do as much as as little as you want i've seen uh attending physicians that i've interviewed with that have a whole laundry list of publications and then oh, yeah. ones that only have like one from their undergrad like 30 years ago and that's it and yeah exactly they're, still, they're both they're all still good doctors. So. Um okay so I I think we're going to cut it here we we talked a lot about research for this episode and like we said it's a big topic it's something you think about uh, going into college and kind of throughout college uh applying to med school and everything so uh that's all we're going to cover for now next week we're kind of going to get into another big topic is clinical activities and our experiences <laughs> with that yeah very exciting so um <laughs> but like we said at the end of the day we're just two scrubs trying to become doctors right so um, yeah so thank you guys for for listening and hope you guys tune in next time
1: yep talk to you later
0: peace